What's up, everybody? Welcome to our online service. Uh, it's going to be an amazing Sunday. Uh, we have um, just given our volunteers, our team, really a, a day to relax. And we just want to say thank you so much for um, checking us out online. And we hope that this is a refreshing time of year for you. We're going into the new year, into 2020. 2019 has been amazing. Um, and so we just wanted to give you a week off and, and rest and refresh. And then we're going to hit the year strong in 2020. In January, we actually have our uh, Pray First uh, January 5th, starting um, that Sunday, and then we'll have a week of early morning prayer and fasting, and we're really believing God for a lot of amazing miracles in 2020. But we're going to end our series today called We Are Well Able. Uh, we've been in a series for about a month, um, just about vision on being well able to, to take the promises of God, to, to be who God called us to be. And we've been patterning, patterning the message off of Joshua and Caleb and just the heart of Caleb where he said, um, we're well able to take the promised land. He said it in um, the book of Numbers and he, he, he was going against about three million people. He and Joshua against two and a half, three million people. They were saying we can't. And Joshua and Caleb said, we're well able. And so this is part eight. And uh, I think it's gonna help you leading into 2020. Um, this is the, the moment right before Joshua, he's a general now, and he's getting ready to actually give the property or, or allot the land and the promise that God's given to his kids. He's getting ready to cast lots and divide up the inheritance. And so as that happens, you can imagine the anticipation, everything every, everyone's been waiting on, this promise of God. It's right there. Joshua's about to divide up the land, and it's been 45 years since they've been wandering in the wilderness. And before that, they were slaves for 430 years. So this is, I mean, this is a huge moment in, in the life of God's people. And, and right before Joshua divides up the land, Caleb comes to Joshua and says, wait a minute. I want my land first. And he actually begins to uh, recount some things that God promised to him uh, that he could have. And he did this before the lot was cast. And so he actually got his piece of land before Joshua cast the lots. And so I want to look at a, a passage in Joshua 14, chapter 14, verse 6 through 13. And this is where Caleb reminds Joshua about what God had said for him. It says, now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, follow the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today. This is, this is Caleb telling Joshua. So here I am today, 85 years old. 45 years, he said, I'm 85 years old and I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. He says this in verse 12. Now give me this hill country. One translation says, now give me my mountain. Give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out as he said. So Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as an inheritance. Let me pray with you real quick. Father, thank you for your word. Um, we just thank you for everything you have planned for 2020. 
Coming out of 2019, God, I pray that you're, you continue to speak to us clearly, even though there's just a couple days left. God, I pray today you would open up our heart to receive all you have to take us and launch us into your promised land for 2020, to, to everything that you have for us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, a simple title today, if you're taking notes, man, write this down. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Many of you heard that, that um, statement or that, that kind of um, cliche. It really derived from Old English where uh, the king wrote laws and nine of them actually had to do with property possession as the king wrote the laws to determine who could own property and who couldn't or who could possess land. Um, these nine out of 10 laws had to do with possessing property. And so that's where we get the saying, possession is nine-tenths of the law. And so, so what I want you to think about this year is you're going to have to actually possess some promises. There's some things that you're going to really be required to take. The promise God has for you is going to require a possession, like you've got to take it. The dictionary definition of possess is this, to occupy, to drive out previous tenants. Come on, that's, that's kind, of, kind of taking action, that to occupy, drive out tenants, take possession of the place, to seize or to inherit or to take possession of. Um, I've got a, a little house that that uh, my family and I live in. I got three teenagers, so they, they kind of try to take the whole house to themselves. And when we, when we got the house, what we really liked about it was a little basement. And, um, and so I'm like, okay, I put my two boys in the basement. I'm like, I'm getting them out of the upstairs. We're gonna have some privacy. Te- my two teen boys go in the basement. And with that, we actually put up a little movie projector or a, a projector, and then we put like a 70-inch little pull-down movie screen. And so they got their game station down there. They got their movies down there. They got Netflix. They, can, they got a little wraparound couch. They can do, they got the whole basement. But for some reason, I, I don't understand it, they have, they've come upstairs and they've taken possession of my little my little 35-inch TV or my little 40-inch TV and they're sitting on my couch and, I got, I don't, and my tables. And I'm like, guys, y'all got a whole entire basement to yourself. Could you go back to the basement? And they're like, no, we like it up here. And so I'm like, well, I want to watch something on TV. And they're like, well, no, our show, we got 10 more minutes in our show. And I'm like, man, guys. And I start like catching myself, like bargaining with them uh, to give them more time on my TV. And, I'm, and they're like, dad, I'm not, I'm like, I want to watch something. They're like, we're, we're watching this or we're playing. I'm like, you got a whole basement. Like, how come you took possession of my chair and my couch and my TV? And then finally, after I realized I'm stuck in this little weird argument with two teenage boys, I'm like, get out of my chair. I paid for the TV. I paid for the chair. I paid for everything that you're in your life. I paid for you. Um, and so I need you to go to the basement and get out of the upstairs. And so, so really there's this possession I've got to take back. I get caught in this bargain, in this dealing with them. Listen, there's some possession and some promises you're going to have to take back this year in 2020. Uh, I, I just, I don't, you got to quit bargaining with whatever it is that you're bargaining with that's sitting in your promise or sitting in your chair. There's things that you've been negotiating with that God's saying you're really going to have to get forceful and take back possession what God's promised for you. And so we see Caleb do that. Caleb says, man, give me my mountain. Like I, I want my possession. I want the promise. I'm going to, I'm going to take it. He goes, I'm going to go in and get this promise. So I would just encourage you. Like, I, I think that action is more important than information in the kingdom. So many of you are so big on information, but God is about action. I, I, Martin Luther said, God loves the runner. And I think it's important that we would, we would run for the things of God. You, you're waiting for a miracle. You're asking God for a miracle. Well, quit waiting on a miracle this year and be the miracle. Step out as a miracle. You are a walking, living, breathing miracle of God. Don't wait. Take action. God's goal is action, not information. And so Caleb, he's this man of action. I'm going to give you some thoughts about really what was in his heart 
that helped him take the mountain and take this land and why he was able to step out like this. And so I think these things, I've got seven quick points. Stick with me, I promise, they'll be fast. I know you're at home in your pajamas, hopefully. And, uh, and so listen, I'm, I'm believing that this is gonna really impact your 2020. So, so these are seven things that Caleb was and Caleb did that we see in these verses. I'm gonna give you verse by verse that allowed him to walk into the promise and possess the promise God had for him. Number one, live from your convictions. Live this year from your convictions. It says this in verse seven. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. Caleb's recounting when he talked to Moses years prior and he said, I brought the report back to God. I brought the report back to the people according to the convictions in my heart. Do you know that convictions drive passion? convictions derive power. Like if you don't have any conviction, you have no foundation for power, no foundation for passion. He, he reported according to the convictions in him. He said, look, I get it. There's giants, but my God's bigger. There was these convictions he had about God and, and about Jesus and about the power of God in his life. And so I just want to challenge you. If you're not going by convictions, you're just following the crowd. If you're not following a conviction in your heart, if you don't really get a, a conviction to decide God is stronger, God is bigger, my name is written in the Lamb's book of life, like no matter what I face, no matter how big the problem is, if my name's in God's book, that solves everything. I think we gotta have some convictions that Jesus is for us and, and not against us, that God loves us, that God wants to give us land and increase us and, and give us influence. I, I just think you need some convictions. God's a healer. God loves you. God's not mad. He's madly in love with you. Come on, God's giving you another chance and you're breathing and, and alive because of the grace of Jesus. And I think we have to, and you have to live from that conviction. If you'll, if you'll actually live from your convictions this year, you'll see a lot greater power and a platform for the passion God wants you to walk in. So number one, he lived from his convictions. Number two, let your disappointments go. Let go of your disappointments. You're gonna face disappointment. Caleb said this in verse eight. He said, but my brothers, he goes, I gave a report according to my convictions, but my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. And so, so that he was recounting what happened 45 years earlier. And he said, look, my brothers, man, they blew it. And, and, and they made everybody melt with fear. And they brought a, they brought a really a, a negative, discouraging word. And, and, and they, there were two and a half million of them against me. You don't think that was painful? Like, have you ever, have you ever had a family member turn against you? I mean, have you ever had two million family members? I mean, come on, think about this two men and, and trying to live according to conviction and everyone around them was coming against them. The disappointments that hit into their heart, the hurt, the pain of being turned on. Come on, some of y'all felt the pain and the disappointment in 2019. Maybe you were turned on by somebody or, 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 or a friend or, or a family member or co-workers. I don't know, but, but like sometimes the pain from that, you've got to learn to let that go and allow God to begin to heal that. And then I know there were delays in his life. We talked about it last week. You've really got to let go of the, the disappointment from the delays that you faced in your life. Here, here's the thing. I remember two years ago, I mean, excuse me, I remember years ago before I moved here, um, for two years, I was in a huge delay. Um, I was working in a job I didn't really love, and uh, I knew I was called to pastor. And I actually got hired on as a youth pastor in a large church in Charlotte, North Carolina. I pastored for six months as a youth pastor with all my heart and all my passion and got fired. I mean, can you imagine? So, so the disappointment 
and the pain and the hurt. It was, I didn't think it was my fault. Like I did everything I knew to do, but it just wasn't a, the right fit. And, and really what was a disappointment, the next thing that God led me to was to be the lead pastor of the church here that God's called my wife and I and a great team of leaders to lead. And so, so what God is, is, is great at is taking disappointment and turning it into destiny. And so I just want to encourage you, whatever disappointment you faced in 2019, I think God's setting you up for destiny of some sort in 2020. The third thing that we see, this comes from verse 8b, long for God with your whole heart. Probably, I mean, I don't know, these aren't in order of importance, but this one, I mean, I mean, I think it's probably the, the most important place to start, longing for God with your entire heart. Verse 8 says this, I, however, Caleb speaking, I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. That description is given three times of Caleb. Three times the scripture said, he followed me wholeheartedly. He followed me with all his heart. He followed me fully. There's something about following God fully, like not just playing games with God this next year, not just, not just going in and out halfway with God. When you don't follow him with your whole heart, you lose passion. You lose the power. You, you kinda, David said it this way. He said, he goes, I felt like I was in the miry clay that God brought me out of the miry clay. Do you know what miry clay is? It's when you mix a little bit of, of water with a little bit of dirt, you get clay. Well, when you take a little bit of the dirt of the world and mix a little bit of the water of the word, you begin to get this kind of clay that's, that's hard to walk in. It's this mire, it bogs you down. And God's saying, no, no, no. This year, live for me wholeheartedly. The Bible says that Caleb did that. Numbers 14, 24, it actually says this about Caleb. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, has followed me fully. I will bring him into the land of which he went and his descendants shall possess it. So God says that Caleb's got this different spirit that he's wholehearted. And in that, he'll get the land. Your, your provision is gonna only come when you prioritize God. Your, your provision has no place to land unless you put God first, unless you prioritize God. And when you make room for God first, then the provision and the promise he wants to pour into your life actually can begin to land because you have this different spirit where you've put God first. The word spirit here just of Caleb just means his inner consciousness or his inner conviction or actually his tendency to be positive, not negative, or the tendency to choose enthusiasm over depression. And so I just want to encourage you. Some of you guys are so, so quickly to, to go negative or choose discouragement or, or fear over courage. And, and God's saying, I want you to have a different spirit this year, like a wholehearted spirit where you really trust me and believe God for what he said you can have. Caleb had this disposition and so God said, you can have the land. Here's what I want you to write down. Your attitude determines your allotment. Whatever you're believing God to allot to you next year, your attitude actually determines the allotment of what God puts into your life this next year. It's just Bible. And it's not a positive thought message or, a, or a, you know, I'm just going to think myself into something. No, it's, it's really who you are on the inside. And as you begin to walk with that attitude, God's going to begin to allot you the land that he has for you. I think it's so important. Caleb served God with this whole heart. He said this in verse 11. I'm still as strong today as I was the day Moses sent me out. I'm as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. He had this different spirit. He's like, man, I'm 85 and I want a mountain. He just destroyed the spirit of retirement. He just destroyed like I'm, I'm just going to sit in my lazy boy. Come on, we like lazy boys, anybody. It's the number one selling chair. Come on, they don't call it a hard at work boy chair. That's not, they don't call that that because we want comfort. We want to sit back. We like that, but Caleb's going, no, 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 I'm 85. I'm as strong as I was then as I am now. Here's the thing. Strength is an attitude, not an age. Come on, strength is, is, is a heart. It's a wholeheartedness for God. I want you to have a different spirit this year. And if you can get that in your heart, God's gonna allot some things to you in a new way. The next one, latch on to God's promise. 
with all your heart, latch on to whatever God's promised you. Verse 9 and 10 says this, Now then, just as the Lord, Lord promised me, he's kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses. So Caleb's saying, look, man, it's been 45 years, and God promised me some stuff. He's having to recount the promise of God for 45 years. He was in the wilderness, in a desert, in pain, in discouragement, and the only thing here he's recounting is, as the Lord promised me. Come on, some of y'all need to recount what God promised you and begin to say, come on, God promised me some stuff in 2019. It didn't happen yet, but I'm believing for it in 2020 as the Lord promised me. James 1.21 says this, receive the engrafted word that is able to save your soul or save you. The word saved is not about salvation to heaven. It's saved like, like protect you or deliver you, from, deliver you from darkness or danger. So it says, receive the engrafted word. I'm talking about the promise of God. Listen, it doesn't say receive the word your pastor preaches. Doesn't say receive the word your Sunday school teacher taught you. It doesn't say receive the, even the word that you, you memorized and quote from rote memory. No, it says the engrafted word. That word engrafted means actually the inborn word. The word of God that becomes alive inside of you, that's born in you. The word of God that becomes so real in your bones. That the engrafted word, that's what's able to deliver you from danger and give you what God's called for you in this next year. I just, I think we have to latch on to God's promise like never before. And so if you're doing that, if you're latching out, grabbing a hold of God's promise, you're going to see the promise and the purpose he has for you this next year. And then number six, real quick, it says this, look for a giant to kill. I want to encourage you, come on, look for a giant to kill this year. Caleb said it in verse 12. He said, now give me this mountain that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. So he, this is what he's saying. He goes, listen, you know, you know the giants are there. The giants are in this hill country. Give me the giants to kill. I want a giant to kill. Listen, it's amazing. 45 years prior, Caleb faced a giant and had the right attitude. Everybody else was scared and fearful and began to talk themselves out of the promised land. But Caleb faced a giant. You know why? The giant that he faced 45 years ago prepared his perspective for his future. The giants that you're facing in 2019, the giants that you faced all year, God wants to use to prepare your perspective for the giants that you'll face in your future of 2020. So, so you're discouraged about a giant. Here's the great thing. Giants aren't God grounding you. Giants are God giving you ground. Every single giant you face is an opportunity for graduation in God, an opportunity for a new level, for, for a perspective change to go, okay, wait a minute. God is huge. I remember what the giants looked like back then. And now every giant I'm going to face, I've got a different perspective to face. All the people began to talk themselves out of the promise when they saw the giant. But Caleb said, no, 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 no. Come on, we can take it. God's bigger. God's stronger. I want to encourage you this next year, whatever giant you face, God's bigger, God's stronger. I think, I think of it this way. When, they, when God said, here's what I want to take you into and here's the promise, all of the people tried to talk themselves out of the promise of God. Here, here's, here's a question for you. What are you trying to talk yourself out of that God's wanting you to talk yourself into? What are you trying to get out of that God wants you to walk into this next year? It's easy for us to talk ourselves out of the gym, out of asking forgiveness, out of saying sorry, out of having a fresh slate, like forgiving yourself, out of waking up early, out of getting up to pray, out of getting into the script. It's easy to talk ourselves out of stuff, but like God wants you to talk yourself into some of his stuff this year, into some of his promises this year and take possession of what God has for you this next year. I, I personally, I don't want to give up when I see giants, man. I just want to encourage you, like look for a giant 
and believe God to help graduate you through every, every, every promotion in the kingdom of God comes through a giant. You've heard me say it through this series, but I just want to encourage you, like, don't get down when you're facing a giant. And, and here's the thing. The giants you faced in 2019 weren't for 2019. The test you took in sixth grade wasn't for sixth grade. It was for seventh grade. The test you took in eighth grade wasn't to, know what, to keep you in eighth grade. It was to take you to ninth grade. The test you took five times your freshman year because you didn't pass and you took freshman year five times. You didn't pass the test because you wouldn't face the giant, right? And so if you don't face the giant, you got to take the test again. And if you will, the test that you're taking is to graduate you into a new level in God. And so I just want to encourage you for whatever you're facing, whatever test you've been in, God's about to give you some new ground in him in this next year. And here's the last one. I think it's the most important one as well. Two important ones. The rest are great, but this is a big one. Lift up God's name. Lift up God's name. This is what Caleb said in verse 12. Caleb said, with the, with the Lord helping me, I want the mountain. I can defeat the giants with the Lord helping me. I'm going to take this mountain. And so I, I think whatever you're going to do this next year, man, there's only one name worthy to be lifted up. There's only one name worth praise. There's only one name worth, worth us shouting from the roof. There's only one name that gets the credit. That's the name of Jesus, like with God helping me. So often we look at ourselves. The biggest giant is us looking at ourselves. It's looking at our situation, looking at our failures, looking at our faults, looking at our, our, our scenario. Come on, that's such a huge giant. But with the Lord helping me, Caleb says, man, God's going to help me. It's God that's going to help me take a mountain. It's God. And if you'll begin to lift up Jesus' name like never before, God's promising you a mountain and a possession of things that you couldn't even imagine that he was going to give you in this next year. Here's a, here's a cool verse, Numbers 13, 22. It says this, then they went up into the, into the Negev and came to Hebron. And these are some weird giant names right here. Ahiman, Shashiah, and Talmiah, the descendants of Anak, were there. Look, look at these three names. Here's the three giants they faced. These were the sons. These three names were the sons of, of Anak, the giant. They were three descendants of the giant. Here's what their names meant. Ahim, Ahiman, what am I? Shashiah, who am I? Talmiah, what I can do. Come on, aren't those the giants we face? pride and ego and self-reliance. Sometimes like we get into something, we're like, who am I? Or, or, or what can I do? Or, 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 or what, what am I all about? This is what I am. And I think sometimes those giants that we face, sometimes they can even be negative. Like it's not maybe even a positive, like who am I? Or what am I? It could be like, who am I? Or what am I? Or what can I do? You know, but if we begin to change it and turn it into who is God? Like, what can God do this year? Like, what is God? I think that that really begins to set the tone for our 2020 and actually changes the perspective and the outlook for what God's gonna do. I think it would be amazing if we actually just believed the promise that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. So as I close today, I, I, think, I think it's so important to let these be a part of our life going into 2020. I mean, Caleb had such an amazing spirit. I, I want the Caleb spirit for my life. I, I, it's going to be a theme of mine all year. Just we're, we're well able. I'm going, to, I'm going to have a different spirit. I, I want to choose courage over fear. I want to seek God wholeheartedly this year. I, I'm believing for some things for you. And ultimately, verse 13 is the greatest promise. This is what Joshua told Caleb. After Caleb stood up strong and said, I want the mountain. I, I, I'm believing God. I, I'm not afraid. I'm 85. I can keep fighting. I'm not retiring. I want God's promise. Come on, this is, what, this is what Joshua said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as an inheritance. The, Hebron was the, 
the city of David. It's an amazing city, but here's the meaning of the word Hebron. It was his inheritance. He gave Caleb Hebron as an inheritance. Hebron actually means this, association or fellowship. Fellowship. So the, so the actual inheritance of Caleb wasn't the ground that God gave him. It was a relationship with God himself. The actual inheritance in all of the, the, the battle and all of the virtue and all of the, all of the giants that he faced was, was drawing closer to a relationship with God. So my prayer for me, my prayer for you is that the giants and the mountains that we face and the, all the ground that God gives us in 2020 will only draw us closer to a relationship and the real inheritance and the real gift and the real calling will be an association and a fellowship with the people and the person of God. And I think that's going to be an amazing year if we'll make that our priority. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for those of you that might be facing a giant and that you're ready to actually turn to God and draw closer to him and let God fight those battles for you this year and allow God to give you some promises this year, but you've got to have to possess it, that you want power to possess those things. I want to pray for you. And then those of you that don't know Christ, many of you are watching online and, and, and the greatest giant for you to come to Jesus is yourself. You think that you've messed up too bad or you're not good enough. You're like, what am I and who am I that God would want me? The Bible just says that, that God sent his son, Jesus, and he was everything we needed, that he died on a cross for us. And, and, and the best way to start your new year and go into 2020 is to make a fresh start with God. So I'm gonna pray for that for you in a minute. And it's as simple as just praying with me as I pray. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this 2020 year. Thank you for every giant we faced in 2019, every disappointment. I pray it leads to destiny, God. I pray for right now the power to actually possess your promises this next year. And that every giant we face, God, would draw us closer to a relationship with you. With every mountain that we ask for, every, every mountain that we ask to be moved, or everything that we want to conquer, all of our accomplishments this next year, I pray, God, they would only be used to draw us closer to you in 2020. And in that, everything you have for us would land in our life and be allotted in the right place. God, I pray for those right now that are watching online that might not know you, that might not have ever surrendered their life to you, Jesus. I pray right now that, Lord, they would open their heart up. Listen, if you're facing the giant of yourself or discouragement or you don't think you're good enough, Jesus said, I handled all those giants for you. I went to a cross. I died on a cross to give you a brand new life, to actually remove your sin and shame and guilt, to remove those giants of sin. Sin couldn't be removed without Jesus. He actually removed that, put it on a cross, died, and then rose from the dead to give us God's heart and a relationship eternally with a good God. If that's you, if you know you need a fresh start with God, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 just says this. If you would surrender your life to Jesus, not church, not rules, not, not religion, not regulations, but a relationship with Jesus. If you would make him the Lord and leader of your life, you get a fresh start in God. If you need a fresh start today, just pray these words with me right now, right from your home, right there where you are. It's as simple as that. Believing it in your heart. It's not magic in the words. It's just a belief in your heart. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for being the ultimate gift that we could ever receive. Thank you for dying on that cross for us to remove all of our shame and guilt and sin, to remove everything that was separating us from God. We surrender today. We say that you are Lord, you are God, you rose from the dead and that we give you our life. And for the rest of our life, we commit to you to bring you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Come on, amen, amen, amen. Come on, you're gonna have the best 2020 of your life. In Jesus' name.